We're going to finish up our little mini-series on the ABCs of healing. And then next week, we're going to start a series on along the lines of the Holy Spirit. And probably talking about man and eternal spirit. Spirit, soul, and body. So don't miss it as we begin and launch out into a brand new series next week. And then, not this Sunday, but next Sunday, Pastor Brenda is going to launch out into a series on prayer. And she's going to entitle it, Teach Us to Pray. So really good truths, really good principles. So Mrs. says, well, I've heard that before. Well, faith does not come by having heard. Amen. The seed has been planted, but the seed needs to be watered so that we can continue to grow. Amen. And so we've looked at these ABCs of healing. Uh, A stands for healing is an accomplished work. B stands for believing. C stands for confession. That's what we talked about. D, of course, was determination. And then how many of you remember what E is? E is for expectation. F, of course, is for faith. I love the quote that Smith Wigglesworth said. He said, there's no limit to what our limitless God will do in response to limitless faith. Amen. And of course, G stands for gifts of healings. We looked at that a little bit. And then H is for hearing. I is for importunity. J is for joy, for we know that the joy of the Lord is our... And then K is for knowing. L was for laying on of hands. M, of course, is for mercy. N, and we finished there last week, N stands for the name of Jesus. Amen. So let's pick right up here right now. O is for obedience. Obedience. In many cases, obedience is a very important part of someone receiving their healing. Now, we won't take the time to look at it because we're kind of highlighting this. But if you recall the story of Naaman in Kings chapter 5, this is a tremendous example of this. Naaman was a leper and went to be healed and thought that Elisha would come out and wave his hand over him and have a lot of fanfare over him. But he said, I want you to go dip in the river. Was it the River Jordan? Seven times. And he got upset and he got filled with pride. You see, what's on the inside many times will show up on the outside. And he says, we've got better rivers where we're from. No way, I'm out of here. Well, of course, then one of his servants talked some sense into him. And then he humbled himself and came back and he dipped seven times. Amen. And thank God he was healed. So fortunately, Naaman traded his initial rage for obedience and was healed. We must not allow pride to hinder us or pride to stop us. Now, sometimes healing is spent R-E-P-E-N-T. Other times healing is, is spelled O-B-E-Y. Obey. Whatever he says to you, we must do it. And then P stands for power. Healing is not merely a theory. Healing is not merely a doctrinal belief. Healing results from God's power flowing in the earth today. And let's look at Luke chapter 5 and verse 17. This is an example of this. Luke 5, 17 says, Now it happened on a certain day as he was teaching. You know, Jesus did a lot of teaching because he wanted to get the word in them before they were healed. You see in the scriptures that they came to hear him and to be healed of their diseases. Many people want the healing without the hearing, but it's so important. And Jesus shows us right here that on a certain day he was teaching 
And there were Pharisees and doctors of the law sitting by who had come out of every town of Galilee, Judea, and Jerusalem. And the power or the dunamis of the Lord was present to heal. Dunamis basically is a Greek word translated power. It's where we get the English word dynamite from. This is the same word that when the, when the woman with the issue of blood was healed, Jesus knew that virtue or dunamis or power had gone out and flowed out of him. And of course, a lot of times people say, yeah, but you know, Pastor Mark, that was Jesus. We don't have that kind of power today. Now, wait a minute. Stop. Remember what Jesus said in Luke 24, 49. He said that when he leaves, he was going to give us the Holy Spirit and that we would be endued or clothed with power from on high. Amen. Same great word, dunamis. Amen. How many of you know the power of God is in you? And the power of God is on you. And this power will flow through you and it will bring healing and it will bring blessing and it will bring deliverance and it will bring joy to people's lives and to people's hearts as you just purpose in your heart, Lord, help me to be a vessel of honor and a vessel of glory where your power and your presence can flow through. Is that your prayer tonight? And then Q stands for quicken. Great verse of scripture, Romans 8, 11. Let's look over there, quicken. Romans the 8th chapter, the 11th verse says this. But if the spirit of him, or since the spirit of him, who raised Christ from the dead, who, who raised Jesus from the dead, dwells in you. He who raised Christ from the dead will give life or quicken your mortal body through or by his spirit that dwells in you. How many have ever experienced a quickening of the Holy Ghost? As born-again, spirit-filled believers, we must expect and we must experience constant quickenings of the Holy Ghost. And He does quicken His people. Amen? Now, the word quicken over here in Romans 8, 11, that word simply means this, to make alive, to heal, or to cause to live. Some people have thought that this refers to the resurrection of our bodies at some future date. But no, this is talking about in the here and in the nasty now. Now, perhaps you've read this book. It's a great book by Dr. T.J. McCrossan. In his book, In Bodily Healing and the Atonement, he says this. Brother Hagen, uh, when Brother Hagen was alive, he would always talk about this book and recommend it highly. And I recommend it highly to you as well. Again, Bodily Healing and the Atonement. Here's what he said on page 39. John Calvin, the superb Greek scholar, is therefore correct when he says of Romans 8.11, the quickening of the mortal body here cannot refer to the resurrection of the saints, but, but, but must mean a giving of life to their bodies while here upon the earth through the Spirit. Amen. Amen. You know who experienced a mighty quickening in his body was Abraham. There came a day where God came along and said, I have made you a father of many nations. In the natural realm, all hope was gone. But Abraham tapped into another kind of hope. A hope that expects. Who against hope, believed in hope, that he might become the father of many nations. Amen. According to that which was spoken. 
And he made the choice to believe what God said. He made the choice. I'm going to side in with what God said because my God quickens the dead. He makes life out of dead things. And he can do that to dead limbs, dead livers, dead kidneys. He can quicken mortal bodies. He can quicken minds. He can do what you could never do for yourself. So Abraham just walked it out. Who who against hope believed in hope? He didn't consider his own body now dead. Neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb. But he was strengthened in faith or he grew strong in faith as he gave glory and as he gave praise to God. Amen. Amen. So I want to encourage you. Don't consider the circumstances. Consider the word. Don't stagger because you've gotten a bad report. Stand steadfast on the word of God because we serve a God who quickens the dead. He can quicken dead pocketbooks too. You know what Jesus said over in John 6 and 63? He said this. He said, it is the spirit that quickens. Oh, amen. It is the spirit that quickeneth. You ever need a quickening in your body? Just commune with the Holy Ghost and say, Holy Ghost, help me today. Quicken me according to your word. Amen. It is the spirit that quickeneth. He'll make you have a quick understanding. Now the flesh, that's another story. <laughs> Say that again. Now the flesh, that's another story. How much does the, f- the flesh profit? The flesh doesn't profit anything. But thank God the Spirit quickeneth. And then Jesus went on to say, The words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. Oh, there's life in the word. There's quickening power in the word. So then R stands for redeemed. Everyone say, I've been redeemed. I am redeemed. Now, of course, Galatians chapter 3 and verse 13 and verse 14 bears this out. So we'll, we'll wait till we get it. Amen. I'm going to take a good sip of throat coat. Ah, nice. Very nice. Let's read it together. Ready, read. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us. For it is written, Cursed is every one who hangs on a tree, that the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles in Christ Jesus, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Now let's look at that word redeemed. That word redeemed means to buy up or to buy out. It means to ransom. It means to rescue from loss. To rescue from loss. I'm glad Jesus rescued me. I'm glad Jesus redeemed me over 2,000 years ago. And I'm sure glad I found out about it in 1975. I'm sure glad I heard the word. The gospel is the power of God unto salvation. If the gospel can save a guy like me, who was a big mess, there's hope for your relatives. There's hope for your in-laws. There's hope for your outlaws. There's hope for everybody because our Redeemer liveth. Our Redeemer liveth. He is alive. And he is well. And he's doing the same things today that he was yesterday. And he's even doing greater things in this day and this hour. 
Christ has redeemed you and me from the curse of the law. Now, if you'll get that little book, Healing Scriptures by Kenneth E. Hagin. Somebody says, why do you talk about Kenneth E. Hagin so much? Because Kenneth E. Hagin is my spiritual father, and I love Kenneth E. Hagin, and I learned a lot from him, and so have you, and we can learn more. But in his little book, uh, Healing Scriptures, he goes through, oh, I don't know how many scriptures, you know, maybe 200, 250 scriptures. I was looking at it today. And at the back of the book, it's also at the back of the book of God's medicine. He lists what the curse of the law is and what's included in the curse. And then he lists the blessings of Abraham and what those blessings are. But if you ever read Deuteronomy chapter 28, verses 15 right on through 61 and even further, you'll find some nasty things in there. I mean, we don't even need to begin to list what some of those things are. But every sickness and disease from tuberculosis uh, to anemia to cancer, all of that stuff is a curse. And then in Deuteronomy chapter 60, uh, 28, 61, he says this. Not only are all those things prior to a curse, but every sickness and every disease which is not written in this book of the law is also a curse. So here's what Brother Hagin says, and I think it's a good thing. How many of you are standing against some disease right now? I mean, you're just believing God, amen? You believe you have received, you're healed according to the Word of God, and you're standing? Well, here's a good thing to say. According to Deuteronomy chapter 28 and verse 61, this, whatever it may be, maybe it's arthritis. Let's just put that in there. Arthritis is a curse of the law. Arthritis. You might as well just call it what it is. It's a curse. But don't stop there. But Galatians 3.13 says, Christ has redeemed me from the curse of the law. Therefore, I declare that I am redeemed and I'm totally free from all arthritis. Amen. 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 If you're standing against cancer, cancer is a curse, right? It's not a blessing. Well, according to Deuteronomy 28 and verse 61, cancer is a curse of the law. But don't stop there. But praise God, Christ has redeemed me from the curse of the law. Therefore, I declare I've been redeemed and I'm totally healed from the top of my head to the soles of my feet from cancer. Amen. 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 And just say that over and over again. And while you're saying it, be praising God and thanking God and call those things that be not as though they were until they are. Amen. 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 So perhaps you're standing against something tonight. Perhaps you're standing against something today. And if you're not... Maybe in the future you will be. Don't wait to get healing scriptures stored up in your spirit. Don't wait till you get sick to be loaded. Amen. Get loaded now. Keep your gun loaded. Keep your sword sharp. Amen. And declare what the word of God says on a regular basis. Say things like this. He sent his word and healed me. He delivered me from all my destruction. Himself took my infirmities and bore my sicknesses. Amen. Get yourself at least 10 or 15 healing scriptures, write them down in a notebook, personalize them, and say them every day. And while you're saying them, be thanking God and praising God that we are the redeemed. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so.
doesn't say let the redeemed of the Lord think so. It's good, it's good to think you're redeemed, but you've got to take it another step. Believe it and declare it that you have been redeemed. Amen. And then S stands for stripes. 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 Look at Isaiah 53, verse 5. Great verse of scripture here. Here's a scripture that you ought to know by heart, but it's also a scripture we should be looking at in our Bibles. Amen? Isaiah 53, verse 5 says, But he was wounded for our transgressions. Aren't you glad? Aren't you glad you don't have to pay the penalty for your sin? Why? He was wounded for your transgressions. That means you and I can live a guilt-free, righteous, conscious life. He was wounded for your transgressions. Thank God he was bruised for your iniquities. And the punishment needful to obtain peace and well-being for us was upon him. Amen. Amen. He took the whole curse. He knows what it's like to be filled with anxiety. He knows what it's like to be filled with fear. Because on Calvary's cross, he took it all and he paid the price for your freedom. Amen. I have a sound mind because of what he went through. I don't have any fear in my life because he became what I was and he took my place and he took your place. Amen. Amen. The chastisement of your peace was upon him. It's bought and paid for. And by his what? By his stripes, we are healed. Let's say that three times. By his stripes, we are healed. Now put I in there. By his stripes, I am healed. One more time. By his stripes, I am healed. Amen. And then let's look at 1 Peter 2.24. I'm really excited about our series opening it up this Sunday. I believe the Lord gave me a word about 5.30 last Sunday morning on what the next several weeks of our Sunday morning services are going to be. I'm just simply calling the name of the series, Jesus Is. You can go a lot of directions with that. (laughs) Amen. I can hardly wait. Jesus Is. We need to talk more about Jesus. Come on, somebody shout, Jesus is. Jesus is. What is he? Jesus is Lord. Jesus is the Son of God. So in 1 Peter 2.24, Who himself bore our sins in his own body on the tree, that we having died to sins might live for righteousness by whose By whose what? By whose stripes, what? We were healed. Isaiah says we are healed. Peter says we were healed. Frederick K.C. Price, down there in Crenshaw Christian Center, says if we are healed, we is healed. Amen? If we were healed, we are healed. And if we are healed, we is healed. No matter how you mark it down, you are the healed. You're the healed. Satan's just trying to make you sick. 
But thank God he can't have what he wants. We are the redeemed and we are the healed. Now, T stands for table. I love this one. Table. Psalm 23, verse 5. He prepares a banquet. Message says he gives you, he prepares a six-course meal right there in the presence of your enemies. Now, there's going to be a good meal in heaven, but there's good meals down here. Let's not put off to heaven what we can have here. There's healing on the table. There's joy on the table. There's peace on the table. There's righteousness on the table. Oh, Shondai, Shondai. There's the presence of God on the table. Yeah, all right. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with what? And what's running over? Ooh, glory. What's running over? My cup's running over. Amen. In Matthew 15, 26, Jesus described healing as the children's bread. In Psalms 34, 8, he says, the psalmist says, O taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is him who trusts in him. Taste God's word. Eat God's word. Come to the table. There is a table. God has given you faith and he's given you the ability to partake of all that's on the table. You then stands for understand, understand. Ephesians, the fifth chapter says this in verse 17. Therefore, do not be unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. It's very important to know for yourself that it is God's will for you to be whole. Now the understand we're speaking of is not a mere intellectual accumulation of information, but rather spiritual understanding. What we're praying for daily and regularly in our lives is that the eyes of our understanding would be enlightened. The eyes of our understanding are the eyes of our spirit man. Your spirit has eyes. You've got two sets of eyes. You've got these eyes, and then you've got these eyes. And so a great thing to understand is this, is God wants you to see very clearly right down here what his will is for your life. Amen? And... One of the ways that we get into that place is we pray about it. We pray about it. For example, look over at Ephesians 1. We'll take a little side journey. Ephesians 1 and uh, notice verse 16. Y'all still here, right? I've been preaching 21 minutes. You know, you don't have to preach all night to have a good word. Wherefore... I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and love unto all the saints, verse 16, just follow me. I cease not to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers. Okay? So this is a prayer that you guys pray for me all the time, right? No? Oh. 
Let's try this section over here. <laughs> this is a prayer that you should be praying for, for me all the time. All right. I'm just, I'm just having some fun. But th- this, is, this is a powerful prayer. I mean, and this, this prayer will change your life. And, 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 and we, we should be praying it for one another. So I cease not to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers. Verse 17. That the God of my Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. Let's stop right there. The knowledge of him. We could say it this way. Not only the knowledge of him, but the knowledge of his will. Be not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. To understanding, to have understanding of what the will of the Lord is, we must have knowledge. My people are destroyed for the lack of knowledge. So he's praying that he would give unto them the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. Now notice the next verse. By... Uh, by having the eyes of our understanding. That's your spiritual eyes. By having the eyes of your understanding. In other words, that you can see very clearly and know beyond any shadow of a doubt and have insight and revelation and understanding of what the will of the Lord is for you. And you can equate with the will, the will of the Lord with the word of the Lord. The eyes of your understanding being enlightened. The Amplified Version says it this way. The eyes of your understanding being flooded with light. Flooded with light. That you may know understanding what the will of the Lord is. Three things. What is the hope of his calling? What are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints? Is not healing part of your inheritance? Amen. And then verse 19. And not only that, but he wants us to know beyond any shadow of a doubt. He wants us to be keen and alert with eyes open, flooded with light. What is the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who would believe according to the working of his mighty power, which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead. So now he gets into overdrive here and he says, not only do I want you to know the will of the Lord, but part of the will of the Lord and the word of the Lord to you is this resurrection power that raised Jesus from the dead is also available to you if you just tap into it with your faith. Woo, glory. Which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead, set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places, far above all principality and power. And might and dominion, read it with me, and every name that is named, not only in this world, but also that which is to come. And has put all things under his feet and gave him to be the head over all things to the church. Woo! Amen. Understanding, oh God. Open the eyes of our understanding. What we see not, help us to see. What we haven't heard, help us to hear. And you know what? He always answers the prayer of a humble heart. Amen? 
Because quite frankly, we don't know it all. We know in part. But there are some things that I believe he wants us to know more about. And so this is kind of ongoing, isn't it? It's ongoing revelation. We could say it this way. It's ongoing enlightenment. So understanding what the will of the Lord is. This is speaking of the Spirit of God, enlightening our hearts to God's truth. And this is important when it comes to receiving healing. Here's what Jesus addressed the Jews about back in Matthew. In verse 13, chapter 13, 15, and 16, he says, For the peoples, the hearts of this people have grown dull. Their ears are hard of hearing. Did you know it's, it, 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 would be, it would be possible to grow dull even as a born-again Christian? Stop praying. Stop being in the Word. And dullness can take over. But that's not us. Their ears are hard of hearing. Their eyes they have closed. Lest they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears. Lest they should understand with their hearts and turn. So I would heal them. And then I love how he ended it this way. He said, but blessed are your eyes. For they see. And your ears. For they hear. Can we pull up verse 16 in the message translation? This is shouting ground right here. We looked at this Sunday when we were talking about seizing divine opportunities. And coupled with that message, that two-part series, which we're done with now, uh, Brenda did a tremendous job. What did you call it Sunday night? It's just so good you forgot the name of it. But, but she coupled with it, and it was just absolutely awesome. Sunday night, the presence of God just permeated this place. But let's read this. This is you, and this is me. But you have... God-blessed eyes that see. And God-blessed ears that hear. Oh, yeah, it was a great message called God with us. Okay? So understanding is a wellspring of life to him who has it. Then V stands for victory. You ever notice when a sports team experiences a great victory, when they win the championship, there's always great rejoicing? I mean, when the Warriors took down the Cavs on the Warriors' home floor, they were dancing in the street, they were dancing in the plaza all night long. And that's all they're talking about on the sports shows now is the Warriors with a repeat. Well, it's good to rejoice and it's good to have the victory. Amen? You know, the devil doesn't want people to be healed. Religious people didn't like it either. They, they literally got upset when Jesus healed a woman on the Sabbath. They were upset. They should have been rejoicing. They should have been dancing in the streets. You know, the Bible says rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. Here's what Jesus said. He addressed him and he said, The Lord then answered him and said, Hypocrite. He didn't mince his words, did he? Does not each one of you on the Sabbath loose his ox or donkey from the stall and lead it away to water it? So ought not this woman being a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan has bound, think of it for 18 years, be loose from this bondage on the Sabbath day. 
You know what happened when he said those things to them? They were put to shame. But you know what the multitude did? The multitude rejoiced. The multitude rejoiced for all the things that God had done. Look over at Acts chapter 8, verse 6 through 8. We're, we're winding down here in a few minutes. But I want you to notice this verse, Acts 8. This is what's happening right here in Hayward. This is what's happening over here at the Zucchini Festival this weekend. This is what happens down there at Bayfair Bart. Amen? This is what's happening at the Backpack Outreach. This is what's happening. Signs, wonders, miracles, people being set free by the power of God. It happened in Acts, verses 6 through 8, and it's happening right here in Hayward. And the multitude with one accord heeded the things by Philip, hearing and seeing the miracles which he did. For unclean spirits, crying out with a loud voice, came out of many who were possessed, and many who were paralyzed and were lame were healed. And there was what? There was great joy in the city. Amen. So, the joy of the Lord. And then W is for word. Very simple, very plain, but oh so profound. Proverbs chapter 4, let's look at verse 20 through 22. The ABCs of healing. W stands for word. My son, attend to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Don't let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart. For they, my words, are life to those that find them. And health and medicine to what? To all their flesh. He sent his word and healed you and delivered you from your destructions. God created this universe by his word. Jesus ministered healing by speaking words. His word contains healing power. And then X. I couldn't think of an X. Brenda said, excited. (laughs) Pastor Tom is a whiz down there. He's thinking about X. But until we get something else, X stands for marks the spot. X marks the spot. You ever notice... How many times Jesus would ask people, he would locate them, and he would say, what do you want me to do for you? What was he doing that for? He wanted people to be specific in making a request. X marks the spot. Now faith is. Faith is always now. If it's not now, it's not faith. Faith is present tense. You've got to get to a place in your life where this is it. X marks the spot. I believe that I receive my healing and my strength right now. Can you lift up your hands and say, thank you, Lord. It's true. James says it this way. You don't have because you don't ask. Why stands for years. Why Stands for years. How many of you want to live long? Yeah. And how many of you want to live strong? Yeah. How many of you want to fulfill the whole will of God? Yeah. Not just go part way and get her half done, but, you know, get her all done. Yeah. Now, if that's going to happen in our lives, in my life, 
We need sustaining power for it to happen. But we've got promises in Psalms 91. One of the greatest promises is found in Psalm 91, verse 16. Let's look at that one. Let's physically look at it. Psalms 91 and verse 16. With what kind of life? With long life will I satisfy him. Somebody says, well, brother, how long are you going to live? I'm going to live till I'm satisfied. I know there's people, you know, believe in God to, to live 120 years. I can say, God bless him. You know, go ahead. According to your faith, so be it unto you, right? I'm not criticizing that, whatever they want. But I'll tell you what, if I'm satisfied at 80, I'm gone. If I'm not satisfied at 80, I'll live till 85. Amen. And if I'm not satisfied at 85, I'll live till I'm 90. I just plan on living as long as it takes to fulfill all the will of God. And I'm not too crazy about leaving before Brenda because I don't want some wolf coming along trying to put... (laughs) Huh? I mean, she's over 60. She looks like she's in her 40s. Imagine only when she's 80. (laughs) Let's live long. But, But let's live. Amen? If we're going to live, let's, let's live. Let's live it up. Let's be happy in our own britches. Amen? Let's be happy here at church. Not all heavied out. Not all bummed out. Not all talking about this and talking about that. Let's live on the happy side of life. Let's get ourselves some good old happy meals every Sunday. Let's run around the building. Let's rejoice in the Lord. Let's get people saved. Let's get people filled. Let's get people healed. Let's get some chandeliers and hang from them. Glory to God. Let's live it up. Amen. Live it up. Be happy. There's only one way to live. To live for him. And if you live for him and you do life right, you will be happy. That's not saying you won't have any trials. That's not saying you won't have any tests. In the world, you're going to have tests and trials. But be a good cheer. Why? Because he's overcome the world. And he's made you a world overcomer. Because he's placed the faith that brings the world to its knees on the inside of you. Amen. So in Psalm 61, uh, 91, verse 16, with long life, with long life, will I satisfy him. And if we're going to live long and we're going to be satisfied, there's going to have to be something attached to that. Because while you're living long and while you're living it up, he's going to manifest his salvation in your life. And that word salvation is an all-inclusive word, and it means healing. Isn't that good, Charles? Aren't you glad you've been healed? I'm glad I've been healed. And I'm glad I'm being healed right now. Woo! Glory to God. Show us your salvation. 
your deliverance. And what do you say? We love one another. We be content with what God has blessed us with. That we grow spiritually. And as a community, we just love everybody around us. And let's go for the gold. Amen. Amen. That's the prize. The mark of the high calling in Christ Jesus. Of course, there's some things you can do to add to your life. And there's some things that you can do to subtract from your life. We're not talking about that tonight. But one thing that will prolong your days is the fear of the Lord. One thing that will prolong your days is the fear of the Lord. Recently, the Lord spoke to me, son. He said this. He reminded me of that scripture over in 1 Peter 1, 5. Where it says, who are kept by the power of God unto salvation. The Lord spoke to me, son. He says, son, I will keep you. If you will keep yourself in the love of God. I will keep you if you will keep my commandments. Come on, somebody. One thing that can shorten your life is being a sourpuss. Nobody likes a sourpuss. Nobody wants to be around a sourpuss. You'll have plenty of opportunities to get sour on people and sour on circumstances. But oh, thank God, people that are born of God ought to be sweet. And keep themselves in the love of God. And they'll be kept by the power of God. Amen. One way, but not the only way you can keep yourself in the love of God is praying the Holy Ghost a lot. Praying the Spirit a lot. But you, beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith. Hallelujah. Praying in the Holy Ghost. The next verse says, keeping yourself in the love of God. Amen. Where was I? We're at Z. I'm not real happy with Z either. But Z stands for zeal. Zeal. The dictionary tells us what zeal is. It means eagerness and ardent interest in pursuit of something. It means fervor. Immediately reminds us of James, where it says, The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much, makes tremendous power available, dynamic in its working. And the last statement, as we close this series up, is this. God was zealous in making healing available to us. Therefore, we should be zealous in reaching out for healing and everything else that God's made available to us. Amen. Hope you got something out of this little series. Let's all stand to our feet.